1: Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Dynasty Junkies podcast. Proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network, the DAP network, if you will. And I will. And I said it's I because it's just me tonight. You got Andrew Hall on the mic tonight. Uh, Drew had a a last minute change of plans and was not able to make it this week. Uh, He'll be back after Thanksgiving, though. So hopefully he can uh, come back refreshed and ready to tackle all of your Dynasty questions. But with me tonight, I've got one of my favorite people in the space. We were talking about it before the show started. Dave and I came up together. It feels like we both started in this space just
2: before COVID. Uh, but we've got Dave Wright on tonight
1: at FF underscore space, man. How are you doing tonight, Dave?
2: This is awesome. I mean, this is Thursday night football is off and going. We've got a holiday weekend for a lot of people. And I'm doing one of my favorite things, talking fancy. I'm here with you, man. This is our first. Well, besides like, you know, the potathon, right. this is our first one-on-one yeah. conversation, really. So I'm pretty excited.
1: That's right. That's right. This is uh, our first official podcast, although Potathon is more official than this will ever be. Uh, but Potathon is a crazy, crazy beast. I know you kind of helped manage that and run some of that, and kudos to you because I know that could not have been uh, easy. And I, I know it was a labor of love. And I know you guys got a lot of really good donations there. Uh, Fantasy Care is obviously helps. You know, supported by. A lot of different avenues, a lot of different venues in a way. The Scott Fishbowl, of course, is the biggest one, but Potathon, the Scott Fishbowl Potathon is such a good time. I love that. I look forward to it every year. And I'm just lucky that I get to be on it. I get to be a part of it and help you guys, you know, raise some money, uh, fill some time between better guests. That's perfect. I don't mind that at all, you know?
2: Look, look. the Potathon is about people. So, like, this is example, like, it gives us a chance to talk. Like, we, we talked, you know, over the summer. Now we get to talk again. And then, so, but then it's like the people you play Scott Fishbowl with, the people that you come across in mock drafts with, and all these things throughout you know, the whole Scott Fishbowl ex- experience. But in the next month, things get really exciting when all of that work that people put in the the retweets, the sharing, the donations, the fundraisers it starts yeah. to really happen. As in, toys for kids are going to be bought around the holidays. Extremely exciting. This is what this is what it's really all about. Uh, you know, hats off to the whole Fantasy Cares organization, Scott Fish and everyone on the board there. Russ, you know, it's just yeah. incredible, Bob, incredible uh, people. And I'm really excited to give me a chance to, you know, talk fantasy and to help kids out. So it's awesome. Heck yeah.
1: Heck yeah. And I'm actually blessed this year. They asked me to help with some of the the purchasing for the first time. Uh, because of uh, the help that I've been able to help on the back end, at least with the eliminators, they were saying, hey, you want to you want to buy some toys? And I said, heck yeah. So I'm very excited to go do that. Uh, probably right after you know Black Friday shopping is really what I'm thinking. Get the best deals, get the most toys for the kids. That's going to be the best part. So definitely looking forward to that. Uh, we've got some fun stuff to talk about tonight, too. Obviously, we're doing these weekly recap, pretty much. We're just kind of talking about the week that we just had and looking ahead to the week that we're about to have. Uh, really not a lot of you know crazy depth to get into but before we do that I do want to talk about some of the news you mentioned it already Thursday Night Football is on Uh, it's kind of the battle of number one versus number two if you're talking NFL draft picks you know like this this could be the top two teams in the NFL draft playing each other right here Uh, I think either way it's going to I mean either way it's going to be the Bears right because they have the Carolina pick but it's like these are the worst two teams in theory in the NFL at this point which is Kind of impressive. I don't know how they scheduled that out that far ahead on Thursday Night Football, but they're always good at giving us some duds. It's it's just so – oh, I love it. It's so great. But, no, next week should be significant, and uh, it's my Bengals. But this week we got – I would say, it's, again, I put it on the sheet, like it's sort of a sleeper, but you never know. These games are kind of sneaky. I mean, what do you think about this game? Just as we're seeing the first half finish up, and obviously
2: people listening will already know the outcome, but
1: what do you think about this game so far, Dave?
2: Not enough DJ Moore targets. That's just basically Amen. how I Not- – I, that's how my yeah. whole – Chicago Bears uh, life is just not enough. DJ Moore targets, uh, but I, I, Tyler Scott, you know, some a uh, late target for a lot of people in dynasty drafts, getting a little action tonight. Uh, and then I think Bryce Young's looked, you know, he's been a little inconsistent, but he's been rushing a little bit tonight, and he's actually made some decent throws here. Uh, Mike Stracken, who who was uh, a had a name for a sec or Strah, however you pronounce it. He had yeah. a little blip Stri- as a striking, rookie. I think, is right, yeah. <laughs> People were a little excited at him at one point, but he made a nice big catch and a good throw. So, I mean, there's some – I think it's been a fine game. I mean, I'd rather watch that than and not watch football, I guess. So, uh, that's always – I say
1: that exact same thing, Dave. I'd rather this than no football, right? I'd rather this than uh, reruns of Sex and the City. You know there, There's so many things that I could think of that would be so much worse than this. So, I am happy to have this.
2: It's the only way I really know if I'm alive is if I'm tilting my DJ Moore exposure. That's basically how I know my basketball <laughs> life is going. <laughs> not. That's how they check your pulse if you go to the doctor. Yeah, They're like, how are you doing? Like, well, let's see. How's DJ Moore targets going? Okay,
1: we're going to be all right. Uh, I no, I, I think that's exactly DJ rate. Moore. <laughs> I'm with you 100%. I, there's never a time where I say DJ Moore had enough targets in that game. I completely agree. Uh, DJ Moore, great guy, by the way. I got to meet him back at the NFL draft in Chicago last year. Well, the draft wasn't in Chicago, but that's where I was at the uh, Bears event. And I actually got to, you know, take a picture with DJ Moore and shake his hand. Great guy. His family is awesome. Like, so I'm just I could not be happier for him. I just hope, like you said, he could just get some more targets. That's what we're all looking for. Uh, the other piece of news that came out this week that I think, you know, just kind of dropped before the show, other than Justin Fields being out, which I don't think is too shocking, uh, or Khalil Herbert even, which is maybe a little more shocking, but that's that T. Higgins is most likely gonna miss this game uh, for my Bengals against the Texans. Uh T. Higgins is one of those guys that has been kind of I want to say up and down for dynasty. There are a lot of people that thought he was a a top 12 dynasty receiver, myself included. Uh, And then he came out this year and kind of, I, for all intents and purposes, kind of stunk and the whole team kind of stunk and he missed a couple of games. And there was some just down weeks, just not great. And then last week he finally blows up. He shows up, he has a great game and now he's hurt and might miss this game. What are you doing with T Higgins and dynasty on this news or just in general, Dave, What, what are your thoughts?
2: Well, I feel a little better. It's actually one of the guys I want to highlight from the week performances uh, up ahead. But, you know, I think my biggest thing from T. Higgins is that, I, I mean, he, he still showed you that he has it. He, he's That performance last week is what we expect. That's the, from a guy of his pedigree. That's what we want to see. He not, eight receptions, and nine targets. The only th- thing that is going to drive people crazy, uh, 20%, uh, he's only been the first read 20% of the, the times last mm. week despite the great performance that's actually below his season average. Uh, not, he's just not the primary weapon, but he's got the talent and he's starting to get that a little bit of a injury prone designation by some people who've been burnt by him, like playing a snap and giving them a zero. I was able to to make a deal for him recently. Like it was like Saquon. uh, I was a struggling team. I traded away Saquon for him and I was extremely happy. Uh, I think T Higgins is his ease of buy has, has never been better. Well, it's tougher after that week, you know, going off last week, but he's a, still a target for me. Uh, I believe in the talent and he's just that good.
1: I, I agree. And I think it's interesting. Actually, he did have such a great week. Uh, he he was wide receiver 12 on the week. Actually, that's just standard scoring. So I think it was even higher in PPR. Uh, well, maybe not. Okay. Okay. Maybe there were more people catching balls. But uh, either way, I'll look that up in a second. But the point I'm getting at is, oh, he was a wide receiver eight. There he is. Uh, so again, like that was solid. That was great. But then he's hurt again. And it's sort of like that kind of knocks whatever upside there was back down to reality. Uh, and I think there could be some people that see this as a get out window in a sense. Uh, I know a lot of times in Dynasty, we'd always say like, you know, don't sell off a bad week. You always sell after a good week. So there is a sell window here because he had a good week. Right. But then there's also ironically a buy window because he's hurt and could miss the game. So this is kind of like that perfect storm where somebody actually gets a hype news and a, a downgrade news. Right. Kind of both at the same time. Uh, I mean, I personally am holding Higgins where I have him. I think that this is just the kind of you know wide receiver roller coaster that we just need to be used to and just sort of hang on. Uh, we see a lot of this in the NFL with all sorts of receivers. It's not just T Higgins. But anybody who's playing in this game right now where they're having, you know, collision car crash type events every play, you are going to have that, you know. So I'm not scared. I'm not panicking. I'm not, you know, panic selling or selling for peanuts. Uh, I might be more willing to buy if the price is lower. I'm not really interested in paying full price after one good week and he might be hurt. But I think you're you're kind of on the right track here. I mean, he's not the number one target on his team. And even if he leaves the Bengals and goes to, I don't know, a team where he might be the number one target, uh, it's likely that that team won't be very good and that could hurt him anyway. You know, he might have a bigger piece of the pie, but it's a smaller pie. So I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm all over the place with Higgins. And, and right now I, I'd rather buy than sell, but I'm not buying at full price. Does that make
2: sense? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not paying the two first or whatever he was when he was the, the hottest thing on the street of uh, like a top 12 dynasty wide receiver.
1: Yep. Yep. I agree. And I mean, Chase might be hurt too. There is some, some talk too. He landed pretty badly on one of those plays last week. He got kind of upended. Uh, landed on his back, gingerly walked off the field, went back in the next play. Um, but he's missing some practice this week. He he could be limited. We could see an interesting game with, you know, C.J. Stroud, who I was going to mention, of course, kind of pivoting into the week nine. I mean, C.J. Stroud just blew up. I mean, what a hell of a game here with Tank Dell and Noah Brown both kind of coming out of nowhere to be top three receivers each, which is just bonkers. But uh, again, C.J. Stroud and hosted, you know, going to the Bengals, going to their house, potentially without Higgins and Chase we could see you know the Bengals and their tight ends who finally showed up last week maybe getting some score or maybe getting some run but then you also have Tyler Boyd uh, Trent Irwin Andre Yoshevis. I mean these guys are coming back and maybe stepping up to get something and then we got Charlie Jones who could be coming back off injury too so it could be an interesting week for Joe Burrow and the Bengals in general with T Higgins being out uh, the last piece of news I wanted to mention was that this is the last international international game if i can say that word last international game of the season Uh, is in Frankfurt this week. Colts at Patriots at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. I got to be honest, I love those 9.30 games. It just makes my Sunday that much better to have a separate island game that you can just put on in the morning while you're doing chores or while you're running errands. Like, just I love that. So I guess just real quick, I guess I want your thoughts in general on the international series. What do you think about it for football and for fantasy and then maybe even this game
2: too? I mean, I think it's great for football. It brings more people, more exposure. I think it's also a great way to if you're a huge football fan to go out and visit these places that you've never gone before. And, and um, I actually have some friends that I've met through fantasy that are from Lithuania and they're actually coming to the States this week to do like the jets, then the Cincinnati or the Cincinnati game, then the jets, and then going to a third game for Monday night. Football. They're doing like a three NFL tour this week. And I just think what that these international games do is it brings people in and that's always great to have more people eyes yeah. on. Uh, but for me, I'm, I, am i am a kind of a stinker when it comes to nine 30, is a little too early for me. I like to get chores done and then just flop on the couch and enjoy football. But again, I'm not gonna complain. I always <laughs> like to watch the uh the West Coast Tears when there's like a late, like a, someone who's a scratch and they they had they, they didn't wake up in time for it. I just I, I do like to drink the tears of the West Coasters. That's you know, Kevin Coleman. If you're listening, that's just for you, buddy.
1: Oh, I love it. I love Kevin. That's uh that's a good one too, because there are definitely some of those, the some of those people that, you know, in California it's 6 30 a.m. That is early. That That is real early on a Sunday. I know for a lot of people. So I always try to say, you know, those inactives come out 90 minutes before, but just do some extra research. If you've got Jonathan Taylor, if you've got, I don't know, Mac Jones, like some of those players in that game, just do a little bit of extra research just to see if there's even a doubt. Uh, and what I actually have said too, to other people, especially on the West Coast, like send your commissioner a note. Doesn't hurt. Just to be like, hey, if Jonathan Taylor is out, I would like to switch with so and so. Most commissioners, I know myself is one of these. Like, I will gladly take a, a text or a DM through Sleep or whatever. Like, give me something that can be like, "Hey, I I am swapping this out if that guy's inactive because I'm on the West Coast." Commissioner should help you out. It shouldn't be that hard to ask. It shouldn't be that hard to, to perform. So, I know sometimes people hate asking, but I like to remind people of that whenever it comes up. Like, you can just send your commissioner a message.
2: It's not hard. It's We're all human. Come on, it's about being commissioner, being open, and if they're being, if they're showing some. Uh, planning and advanced thought and putting the effort in beforehand i am more than willing to uh more than willing to make that accommodation as a commissioner and that's what i want i want active players if they i'm not going to hate on someone who who can't wake up for 6 30 um so that's just fun that's actually react.
1: that's a great way to put it too like i want somebody who wants to to make sure their roster is as good as possible that's that's ideal so if you're going to send me a note on saturday night while you're out at the bar i am fine with it You know what I mean? I would gladly make that switch for you. I'd I'd rather that than someone who's not paying attention every day. And we got uh, Zach Reed in the chat here, Dave Hating on the Flatlanders. I think that's kind of funny. Uh, The the middle America, the flyover country, I guess. They're just, uh, you know, their tears aren't that big of a deal. Uh, But no, I appreciate you hanging out with Zach. Uh, I think that covers it pretty well. Again, Colts and Patriots should be an okay game, I guess, for the last game. And it should be, I don't know, kind of enjoyable, I guess, even though the Patriots are pretty terrible and the Colts are starting Gardner Minshew. Any football is better than no football. So I, I'm just hoping that it's, you know, a solid game, lots of points and no injuries, always no injuries. Uh, with that, we're going to look back at week nine. And again, we're going to keep this real loose, real easy. we got a whole bunch of stuff to get into. So let's look back a little bit. And I already hit one of mine. I know you hit one of yours. I know CJ Stroud was somebody I was just really impressed with. Um, I know I was uh, actually at the game, like I said, on, uh, on Sunday night, against Bengals-Bills, it was a great game. But I just could not help thinking at that game. I'm like, CJ Stroud had a, a rookie performance for the record books like this 470 yards for a rookie breaks the record and now he gets to come to Cincinnati and I get to see him next week I'm pretty excited about that uh, obviously tank Dell, Noah Brown both blew up and you know Nico was kind of quiet uh, you know their their whole team is just sort of all over the place but that game was back and forth it was a hell of a fun game to watch so that was
2: pretty much my number one I
1: know you mentioned Higgins was there anybody else from from week nine you wanted to mention before I go on to my next
2: I would just love to say CJ Stroud, just a little bit bigger picture of him, uh, his, you know, some people might get a little critical when they look at his advanced accuracy statistics, his in the clean pocket percentage, his, uh, hit, you know, some of his accuracy, his stats are you know, his completion percentage over expected. They're not where you want to see it, but that like, just when you're talking about as a whole, but then when you actually zoom out and say, Hey, as a rookie, he's actually doing really good in those, in those things. So, uh, I just think that, you know, look past the accuracy. What he's doing is he's pushing the ball downfield, which is very important for a rookie that shows some real talent. And he's not turning the ball over. So to be able to push the ball down the field and not have many danger throws or turnover-worthy plays is huge. And one of the big knocks on him was he held the ball too long coming out. He's not taking sacks. He's not taking sacks. That's true. And he's being extremely efficient, and he's being top five while not being a rusher. What it's showing to me is like, this might be like his ceiling, what we're seeing right now, as far as like a fantasy performance, but he's showing some sustainability where he's going to be a, he's going to have this kind of potential year in, year out, uh, where I think he's going to be a cornerstone for a lot of super flex rosters, despite not having that rushing part that we want to see.
1: Yep. I know a lot of people were, were on the fence about, uh, you know, Stroud or young after Richardson in rookie drafts. And it was, you know, what do I like Stroud? Do I like young young's got the, the Heisman and is going to the Panthers that might be in a better spot than the Texans who look kind of, you know, in a mess in August and not really sure what they were doing. I know a lot of people took young over Stroud and are probably kicking themselves for that. I still I still kind of think that that Richardson belongs ahead of them still. I don't think I've changed my mind too much, even with that injury. I still think he's just a different beast with that running, but you're exactly right with the amount of, uh, of passing, I guess, just the volume. And, and honestly, like the Texans receiving crew has really stepped it up. So I'm I'm kind of impressed just with the uh I don't know the little bit that we've seen from Stroud already has been pretty immaculate and pretty awesome to watch for sure. Uh the other just another player I wanted to mention was CD Lamb who finished as the number 2 receiver I think on the week. Uh and again Dak Prescott finished as a QB2, right? Like th- that's it's been a minute since we've seen that team kind of come out hot and after their bye week I was expecting them to come out well and maybe even beat Philly. They couldn't pull off the victory, but man, they put up some great fantasy points. So I was happy to see Dak and CD kind of, you know, launch themselves back into that conversation of potential, you know, tandems that you're terrified of. Uh, I guess just what are your thoughts on the Cowboys duo? And then is there anybody else from week nine you wanted to bring up or anybody else you want to talk about in general?
2: Look, there was a lot of worry about CD Lamb when he was, you know, after his rookie year, is he the, is he a type of guy who's going to be dominant enough or is he just going to be good? Like, is he going to raise up his game? And we've seen the last couple of weeks that he can explode and he can earn targets consistently and be a difference maker if, if it's there. So I I love to see that with CD. He's returning the pedigree that you want to see. Now moving on to a couple other players, really quick, just quick throw or quick hitters. Geno Smith, very disappointing last week. Yes. And the thing I want to say though, I think it's an unconventional buy for a rebuilder right here. He's like the QB 24 uh, on the seat, maybe 27 in points per game. So he's not doing, you'd think like, and he's 33. So like, why is he a target for a rebuilder? Well, his accuracy metrics have actually been very solid. So some of the predictive things that you care about are there. He's actually just underperforming in the TD because Seattle's been very mm. uh, rushing a, a lot in the red zone. And he's just, he's only scoring a touchdown every 200 yards, passing yards, which is, is very low, a low rate. So what you're going to see here is I think you could see some you know some better luck for Gino, and he's got the weapons around him at wide receiver, and I think he his ease of buy is pretty good because of his age and and sometimes you can get stuck in ex, pre-existing leagues when um, all of the rebuilders have all the young guys and all the 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 win now teams have all the important win now pieces, but Geno Smith can be kind of sneaky. Go get him for a depreciation uh, a value right now, and he and he's not going to turn into this huge asset, but he's going to return some value for you. Uh, What do you think about that? You'd like that kind of play?
1: I think that's a great pick. Yeah, I think Gino is probably one of those guys too. Like we mentioned before, like after a bad week, that's when you want to buy. And Gino had one of his worst weeks ever, if not his worst week ever, depending on how you metric that. Um, This might be an okay time to look into getting him, whether you're a contender or a rebuilder too. I think there are some teams that are rebuilding that might have Gino on their roster and are just kind of, they're fine with the lack of points on, on this week. But they might look at this and say, all right, well, you know, he is 33. Maybe it's time that I get out. Maybe you can go target him on a contender. He's kind of that odd double-edged sword. He could be a little bit both ways. But again, I I like your logic for a rebuilder, too, because I don't think he's going anywhere next year. I don't think that team is going to do that. I will say the thing that I've been the most concerned about with uh, with Seattle hasn't been Geno Smith as much. It's just there's that three-headed monster there that we're, we're kind of seeing come to fruition, which we all kind of worried about, which was Lockett, Metcalf, and Smith, and Jigba all kind of you know, warranting targets themselves. I mean, Tyler Lockett is the top receiver on that team in fantasy. That's not what we expected. And that, that kind of shows that maybe DK's on the the last half of the year here could be on the rise as someone that we're, you know, sleeping on a little bit. But I'm kind of fed up with that whole receiving group, to be honest with you, for fantasy purposes anyway. I'm just, I don't know, I'm not wowed by it. I guess maybe that's related a little bit to Geno. Maybe it's related a little bit to just their offense being kind of down. But I mean, like I mentioned before, if, if your top receiver is, is Tyler Lockett, that's not what you wanted. And he's wide receiver 35 right now on the year, total points. That's not, again, that's not great. That's not what you're looking for. And one I'm of just worst not happy with the
2: seasons that Tyler Lockett has had because he's yeah. been a lot better. So I think that's kind of what you're, you have hate to see is that I have no problem with Tyler Lockett being the best player. I just want him to perform like it. Like that's yeah. not, I don't want it to be like this just average across all three. So yeah, um, but yeah, so I, I, I hear you there. And this is my one last player, real quick, a quick hitter, Jahan yeah. Dotson. Uh, people are starting to get really excited again. He had eight targets, scored another touchdown against the Patriots. But the thing that really jumped out to me is still only an 18% target share. His seasonal or on the season target share is 17 something, 17%. So his usage hasn't really changed. And what has changed the last two weeks? He scored two touchdowns, what he did as a rookie that yep. made him very exciting. And look, touchdowns are indicative of talent and I think Jahan Dat- Dotson's a talented player, but people are starting to get excited again. I think that's a I think it's a decent time here to say, "Hey, do I want to pivot to Jahan Dotson to a player who can score me more win an older player who can give me some more win now points or maybe a player who has a little bit less name value than D- Dotson?" I just think he's a player right now that I'm not quite buying the hype despite I think he's a good player. I'm just not sure that it's for real for the season.
1: I'm there with you. And I've, I actually wrote some uh, some words, I guess, some paragraphs on uh, the, the Washington Commanders for Fantasy Pros last week. And Dotson was one of my trade value risers, him and Howell both, just because I feel like it may have just taken a little bit of time for those two to kind of figure out the connection. And they started it pretty well in week nine, or sorry, week eight. And then again, like you said, in week nine, had another good week. Like, maybe this is the start of a trend. It's kind of hard. It's a little early. It's only two data points. But that does say something. And like you said, if you're throwing the ball to the guy, you must trust him. And if he's getting points, if he's getting yards, he's getting catches, like all of that stuff generally is pretty sticky. So I'm right there with you. I think that there is some, some love for Dotson. And if you can pivot off of someone like, I don't know, Calvin Ridley or uh, Drake London, even I might be willing to do Drake London for uh, Dotson in a piece, you know, something like that. That's the kind of move I might be looking to make because you're kind of in that same output for this year. But you're maybe able to diversify a little bit, or add a pick, or something to kind of give you some more upside, or help insulate against some value loss there. So I think that's a fine idea. I like Dotson. I
2: don't mm-hmm. love him, but I like Dotson as a pivot option for sure. Well, so I'm pivoting off of him, kind of thing. That's what I'm trying to. Well, do. I'm I, like, hot, yeah. No, but I'm saying I like I, I'm okay. with you on the other yeah. side. Is what I'm saying. Oh, okay, like, you're yeah, you're
1: yeah. kind of. I'm okay. like I'm I'm like I like to go to him. Like I don't yeah. mind that either. So yeah. that makes your your point kind of valid in the sense that if you're going to trade him away, you got to have someone to buy it. And so like, I think your your points are all valid. And I think that there's a chance that if you're out on him, I'm thinking it could be the start of a trend. I'm in on him. That's a good thing. That's what you want is to have. It's not obvious. It's not one of those like, Oh, Dotson's trash and nobody wants him. You want to get a player like that either on or off your roster with some sort of variability. And that's where I'm with you. Um, So I think there is some, maybe it's snake oil. We don't know. We we still have to see. Uh, But with that, let's look ahead to week 10. Uh, obviously week I, I say obviously, but week 10 is a tricky one for me. Week 10 by now, you should know what your team is by now. You should know if you're contending, you should know if you're in the playoff hunt. I've got a couple of teams where I still don't know. So don't do as I say, but do as I do, uh, or vice versa. But the point is there are definitely a lot of teams that are going into week 10, you know, three and six or four and five and are just like, well, maybe I can squeak out a couple wins. There are four buys this week that are going to really make that hard. We have the two Super Bowl teams, both on a buy this week with the Eagles and the Chiefs. And then you've also got the Rams and the Dolphins. I mean, Dolphins are one of the highest powered offenses, too. So there's a lot of fantasy points on the couch this week, taking a break. Uh, And I think part of that is going to be we're going to see some down scoring. I think we're going to see some lower point totals. I know I've got a lot of leagues where I'm having to make some really ugly decisions because I have a lot of Eagles and Dolphins. There aren't a whole lot of Chiefs, but I do have a couple of Kelsey's. Um, but I guess just in general, is there anybody in Week Ten that you're, you know, hoping steps up or turns on the boosters, or is there anybody that you feel like is maybe just about to fall off a cliff? We should get out of.
2: I am all aboard the Kyler Murray return ah, yes. this week. I don't think we've talked about. Him. I can't believe we should have. Oh, yeah. I, I just coming back. I think a lot of rosters are waiting all season for this. But more importantly, the Kyler Murray and Trey McBride, uh, the Trey McBride duo. Kyler, a little bit of a smaller quarterback. He's had a lot of short or smaller targets uh, to play with besides like an older passes prime, AJ Green. Really excited for a 6'4", 245 pound Trey McBride who broke out two weeks ago to see that coming. I, I'm just really excited to see what that combo can do in particular. Uh, I mean, uh, that's a great point. You could put up a five, like a top five tight end season, rest of the way, is not out of the realm of possibility for Trey McBride, and I am extreme. I'm I'm here for it.
1: I'm also like Dynasty Coach A is saying here in the chat. I'm looking forward to seeing what Hollywood looks like with with Kyler back. I mean, Hollywood and Kyler was a pretty good duo last year before he got hurt, and Hollywood's been real quiet this year. Like you know, Marquise Brown has been kind of like non existent almost with J, with John Joshua Dobbs and with Clayton Tune, and just like that offense has just been in shambles in a way. So if we can actually see Marquise Brown come back to relativity, and again, I say back, but he is wide receiver 20 overall in the season. So, I mean, he's still getting some looks. He's four touchdowns. That definitely helps. That's what's. But, I mean, it. if yep. if he can go up from there, that's the way to go, right? That's where you want to be. I mean, if, if he can become that target monster, and he is, again, getting a lot of targets already because there's not a lot of players on that team. Obviously, Michael Wilson, thank you, Matthew Wiggins, for, for mentioning. I like Michael Wilson, too. But Hollywood, I think, is their wide receiver one, and I think that's what we're going to see is can he be that wide receiver one? I guess the only question I have about week 10 in specifically like talking about Kyler Murray is how much are they going to let him come back and and play at a full bore? I'd be shocked if he comes down and throws 50 passes his first week out, right? Like I would not be surprised at all if he comes out and he doesn't run the ball very well. He, He kind of is more conservative to kind of keep it close to the chest that there's no real need for them to win as much as the NFL, every team wants to win, of course. But I don't know if they need to push it. So I'm a little bit hesitant. Obviously, if, if you have Kyler, your are rolling him out there. I, I just think the way the quarterback landscape is going, there are way too many question marks. But I'm also thinking Kyler could have a mediocre start, but I'm very excited just to see him play again. He's so athletic. He's so fun to watch. He's dynamic, like all of that. So I'm very excited to see Kyler back on the field. That's a great call. Um, someone else I'm actually looking forward to this week, partially because of how last week went too, was DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, this is a guy for Tennessee. DeAndre Hopkins is one of those guys that we just see like in fantasy forever. He just never goes away. He's like almost a cockroach, right? He's been in the league for what, 10 years now or something. But last week he had kind of a dud after his week eight, you know, stellar performance. But he still got 11 targets last week against Pittsburgh. I mean, that that says something. That team wants him to get the ball. And I do think that Will Levis is going to find him. And that new quarterback with that old receiver, that duo is going to be fun to watch. And I'm excited for that in a sense. Uh, and I just think that Hopkins could be one of those guys that we see get 10, 11 targets every game here on out. Um, so again, that's someone else I'm very excited to see is just kind of that will Levis Hopkins connection get even stronger. Anybody else you're looking for, uh, looking forward to seeing, I should say, in week 10.
2: No, I think you Hopkins is another uh, great one to be to, you know, if he, instead of like these Duncan, these dunk uh, off targets from Ryan Tannehill pushing push the ball down the field where he can do some yards after the catch, just is, is something exciting to see from, from Hopkins. So that's what I'm also excited to see that too.
1: There is one other player I wanted to mention in this section too, though, and that's Joshua Dobbs from Minnesota, right? We were just talking about Joshua Dobbs for Arizona. Uh, he gets traded and goes to Minnesota and is a backup quarterback to, to, you know, Hall, I think in Minnesota who played a couple of snaps, got hurt and left Jaron Hall, I think is that his name? Um, but yeah, Dobbs goes in there and just dominates and actually almost single-handedly wins the game for that team. I mean, it it was crazy to see Minnesota win without Justin Jefferson, um, without uh, Kirk Cousins, of course, who's out with an Achilles, and their defense is having some issues. Like They're they're all over the place, and yet still somehow Joshua Dobbs gets it done. I would love the story of Joshua Dobbs to end with a playoff berth. I'm not sure that's still going to happen or that's possible, but I just think he deserves everything in the world, as well as he's been playing, putting the team on his back, uh, I think I'm still I'm very excited for, you know, uh, Jordan Addison, of course, the rookie. And, and hopefully he can connect with Dobbs a little more and get more familiarity with those two. And then obviously, Hawkinson for tight end and a tight end landscape that is just brutal. So I'm very excited to see what that Minnesota offense looks like with a full week under Dobbs practice. Uh, I don't think they're going to go back to Hall. I don't think there'd be any reason to do that after how well he played. But again, Minnesota is one of those teams that when Jefferson comes back and it's not an if it's a win. Uh, It could be this week, although I doubt it. I think it's probably going to be next week. Um, But again, when Jefferson comes back, that team could launch itself right back into fantasy relevancy and be a dominant force in the NFC and the NFC North with, you know, the bears who are kind of lackluster green Bay, who's all over the place and the lions who are doing well, but the NFC is kind of a wild card after, you know, maybe four teams. So there's a lot of space for someone to take a
2: step. Why not Dobbs? Why not Minnesota? So I'm excited for that. What do you think about that one? I, See, I, I what i just taking a step back, even from fantasy, what I love when you're sitting there watching the games and you see someone who competes, and the, the story of Josh Jobs is it, it's pretty incredible. You know, a, a low around pick, uh, a guy who's been a, a journeyman around the league, been traded before the season, traded again in season, and to see him go out there without you know taking snaps with anybody and just kind of compete his way and will his way to the win. And that team needed that win pretty bad to stay a lot, you know, to, to try to still control their own destiny. It was really exciting to see and see the emotion from him because he's been through a lot. That is, I think the one of the most fun parts about football. And that's yeah. what I like. I, my takeaway thing is now, in, now all those nice things I said about him, I think he's still just a backup quarterback. Like if you, he's real. Um, so uh, I, what I do like about him is he's not uh, afraid to throw the ball. That's like, he will go Aim and he'll, he'll try yeah. to fit into tight windows and I will when I have someone like an Addison and a Justin Jefferson, I'm or even a TJ Hawkinson, I'm not afraid. I, I would prefer my quarterback to not be afraid to make a mistake and try to get my playmakers the ball. So that's what's exciting.
1: No, and you're exactly right. I, I look at Dobbs as kind of like that potential Geno Smith comeback story, like someone who is really you know journeyman, kind of bounced around a little bit, never really got a full chance. And I don't expect him to get a full chance after this season with Minnesota. I don't think that they go away from Kirk Cousins per se. I know there was some talk about that in the trade and all this. And an Achilles injury is obviously not great and and could be career ending in a sense. I don't think that's going to be what happens here. I think Kirk Cousins comes back to Minnesota. But again, Dobbs could be playing for a position somewhere else. And I'm just, I'm curious to see how well it goes just because the story is so fun, right? Just because it's just, I love that. You're exactly right. Like just the game of football is just so fun to watch in that regard and for fantasy again like he might be somebody that you try to acquire on a rebuild too just because he might be dirt cheap maybe not right now right because he's having good plays and he's doing well and if you have him on a rebuild and you might look at selling him away just to see if you can get a, a really good value for him i mean hell would you take a second round pick or joshua dobbs on a rebuild dave which would you rather have
2: i'd probably take the second round pick yeah just because of why ultimately what i think the talent is and i think i i'm when you're in the, buy, you're, we're in the, we're in the bye week hellscape where, you know, everyone, all these quarterbacks are really important around buys. So there, there's a demand for him. There's a demand for quarterbacks for these competing teams. And they're, oh, my team's, it's going to be a late second round pick. That's what they're thinking in yep. two years. And what happens if that, that all of a sudden that's a mid, mid round pick. And that's a guy yep. that you were picked up as either on the waiver wire or for, you know, a late fourth round pick at some point. And to be able to turn that around in a second, it's just about building value that uh, that's kind of how I'm approaching it. But I I don't hate for anyone who needs him to to play now and trying to get He's I think he has more 20 point games than a lot of uh, like, I think he has four 20 point games this season. So Uh, that
1: sounds about right. And I can pull that up too. But the thing about dogs that just cracks me up, like we stated already is that he started on a different team. Like he gets traded and then pretty much immediately plays again and just lights it up again. Like I, I I don't, I don't want to say that he's a stud quarterback, but it's hard for me to name 30 quarterbacks. I want ahead of him right now. You know what I mean? Like the NFL is just kind of a bleak landscape at some places for quarterback. Now there are a lot of quarterbacks coming out. And I think that there are going to be a lot of quarterbacks that are injured that get healthy, like Rogers and cousins and others that, you know, are going to be back in play come next August or September. But I wouldn't be shocked at all. If we see Dobbs with, you know, a solid job or a solid backup job at least in the NFL
2: for the next couple of years, I just think he's talented enough for that. Six games over five rush attempts in those games and he, he doesn't really know that that playbook as well in Minnesota yet, where he's going to probably get some pressure and have to run, get some yard, get some yards that way. I really like that part of his, that kind of part of his game as as you know, my QB two or my QB three on a contender yeah. where I can have that kind of, when I need to in, in a pinch and a good matchup, I can try to get. I have that little rushing juice to just to add to sprinkle on top. So
1: and speaking of sprinkling on top, we'll end the the Dobbs conversation with this one. Is that it's odd to me that QB nine on the season total points, which again is not everything, but total points QB nine is Kirk Cousins, and I think that's pretty. In, like that's how good that offense is. But QB ten is Josh Dobbs, and that's crazy to me that he is QB Passing ten the on the season. Yeah, Passing and they're both the so Minnesota's got two top ten fantasy quarterbacks. That's crazy. Uh, I don't I don't think that's really, you know, that's not accurate per se, but that's pretty nuts to have two top 10 quarterbacks. And I just because I've got it here in front of me, I don't know if you see it too, Dave. Do you know who uh, QB 11 is by, by chance? What would be your guess? Um, if, if Herbert like, is eight. Cousins is nine. Dobbs is 10. Who do you think would be 11? It's a Lamar Jackson. No, Lamar Jackson's four. Number eleven is Dak Prescott. The aforementioned Dak Prescott. Prescott. So Dobbs has more points than Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Brock Purdy, Russell Wilson. Like I, there's no way I would have guessed that in August. There's no way. So it's just it's it goes to show how much this game is just so much fun. I love this. So all that aside, I think Week Ten should be a good one. I think there are a lot of really good matchups. Obviously, there's there's going to be some fantasy points. There's always fantasy points. Uh, just have fun out there, guys. Week ten is meant to be the middle point of the season, in a sense. You're you're through nine weeks; you've got nine to go. Uh, don't give up. You know the fantasy playoffs obviously start earlier than the regular playoffs, but just keep hustling, keep grinding. Figure out what you can to keep it moving. And again, appreciate you being here this th- this long. Dynasty is a fun season. Uh, with that, we're going to move into our next segment of the night, which is going to be our listener league updates. We actually had trades in all three leagues this week, which is pretty fun. Uh, not all of them are massive trades but that's how it goes sometimes uh the first one was in dj1 mickey mcku sent a second to scott our portfolio dynasty player scott sidlow for baker mayfield so dave i want to hear your answers on these which of these sides which of these two options would you have baker mayfield or a 2024 second in a 12 team super league?
2: look if i need points i'll take the points but but over in a vacuum which is just such a yeah, My old host, Mike Fanero, mm-hmm. nothing's ever in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm still taking the 24 second. Uh, I think Baker's earned is his earning a chance to get another fight his way for either a backup or a starting role in the right situation again next year. Uh, but for that type of player, I'm willing to take that second and just keep on moving, keep on turning.
1: See, I I kind of like the idea of Baker Mayfield myself, but again, I think a lot of the way that Scott plays and a lot of people in general play it in a vacuum or try to take the emotions out of it and just say, all right, which one's got the better chance to retain that value. But in a super flex league, all quarterbacks matter, right? I mean, it's just that every quarterback you can get can be helpful. We've seen a ton of injuries. Baker is QB 16 on the season. That's a solid QB two. If I can get a solid QB two for this year as a contender in exchange for what would be in theory anyway, a late second, because it's my pick or Let's say it's my pick. I'd much rather have the points than the pick. Um, I also think that even if Baker Mayfield has a down year, I don't know if they really have enough draft capital or uh, backup plans. I guess with that being said, uh, there is a lot of, uh, there are a lot, I should say there are a lot of QB options coming into the league, but I still think Baker keeps that job. So I'm kind of, I'm just thinking like well, this year and maybe next, if a late second, I'm hoping to get one year or two, might as well be Baker. Feel like that's pretty even but it seems like we'd be good trade partners here which is what i love i think like, it's, a no win exactly. it's a win-win trade
2: exactly i you mentioned you've mentioned it several times tonight i want deals where both people are excited i don't want to try to one over the other My other manager i want to come back and, and and that's kind of what i'm what i'm looking for is i want to establish hey that guy knows that i'm willing to make a deal Come back and we can make another similar deal again. I, I'm I'm not one of these trying to oh give me a third on top. Come, one of those guys, like
1: right. I I kind yeah. of am, and I don't mind nitpicking on that. If I just don't feel great about a trade, I'm like you know what that make me feel a little bit better. Then go for it, right? Like that's what it's supposed to be for. Like just put your bed at easy at night, you
2: know. But the, there's difference between that and saying oh I, I like this trade, but give me a third. Like kind of you know like what I'm trying oh. to like. Yeah, You know, yeah. like, I, I have to win this deal type of I thing. I like it, but I want to love it. That's I don't yeah. do that. Yeah,
1: usually yeah. it's more like, I don't like this very much. I feel dirty. If you just give me this extra little piece, I'll feel okay and I'll accept. That's different. I'm with you. Uh, but again, I think that's a pretty fair trade. Like you said, it's win-win. So that was a good one in DJ one. We'll move on to DJ two. We had uh, Matthew Wiggins again on this one. He's been very active. He's in the chat here too. He says, here we go. I'm ready for the criticisms. I don't know. I don't know, Matthew. But, uh, his team, the Laughing Lizards, sent Nico Collins... To Trey Lance, Lance Refrigeration, again one of the best names I've heard in fantasy, uh, and he so he traded away Nico Collins and got Najee Harris and Taysom Hill in return. I know Nico is kind of the hot target right now. A lot of people loving what Nico's doing. Uh, I made a terrible trade earlier this season in a one QB league uh, where I sent Nico Collins away for some AJP Ryan. So what do I know, right? But uh, and that was before he blew up. But what do you think about this one, Dave? Would you rather have Nico in a four? This is a fourteen-team superflex. Would you rather have Nico or Najee and Taysom?
2: Look, I think people are a little bit hung up on how Najee was during the season. He was really disappointing, but he's turned up some d- very usable weeks the last couple of weeks. Uh, and Taysom Hill's been the tight end too the last month of of fantasy here. So, it, you know, people can. This is one of those things, especially in a fourteen-team league here, when when certain position once he's positions or at, at the running back position things get a little de- things a little bit more valuable. Running back position is mm-hmm. a little more valuable than Najee Harris. Now so I don't absolutely hate this deal, but I think I would take Nico Collins overall uh he I'm not sure if he's gonna keep playing as that top eight wide receiver that he was there for a little stretch there when he was hot early on. But I think he's got t- top 24 value or at least you know he's gonna be a startle wide receiver moving forward. Young, big explosive He even when he wasn't doing well in his first couple of years in the league, there was always that whisper of, Hey, it's Nico Collins. He's got all the tools. Right. I think that will always be there when you're attached to CJ Stroud, uh, that, that allure. So that's the safety of that. So I think I would still take Nico here, but, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to roast our our buddy in the chat here. Uh, so that's what I'll I'll, I'll just say that.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, Matt Wiggins uh, does make some trades that get roasted. And that's why I think he was preparing for this, but I'll be honest. I'm with you, Matthew. I think I'd rather have Najee and Taysom. I know this may sound crazy. You're, Dave, you're on the other side. We, I love this. We're on different ends of these trades, which is exactly the what I want. It's good for content. But also, like, I just think Najee is getting disrespected a little bit. I do think he's still going to be the guy, even with Jalen Warren there in Pittsburgh. And Taysom is throwing touchdowns from the tight end position. You don't get that with anybody else. I'd much rather have the upside of those two and the flexibility with rosters with a 14-team league. Sometimes that depth comes in really handy, especially down the stretch. So I, I don't mind sending Nico for Najee and Taysom. I'd probably, in a, again, in a vacuum, I think that the value might be on Nico right now, but I just think Najee is going to bounce back. I think that team is maybe in a transitional period where they don't know if they're going to keep Pickett or not. I do think they keep Najee, and I think Taysom has just shown his value in New Orleans. I don't think that there's anywhere to go except for up for him. I mean, I just don't – he's not going away. He's like a cockroach. So, yes, Matthew, I am with you on this one. I love it. And that's why he says in the chat, damn, what a twist. I love it. Exactly. See, not all, everybody's different. We all have our opinions, but I'm with you on this one, Matthew. Good trade. It
2: um, doesn't mean it's everybody has to agree, but I'll I like that trade. say too about Najee's. I think what you're seeing here is if Pittsburgh can be a functional offense, Deontay Anthony Johnson coming back, if they're going to be a functional offense and Najee's going to get more scoring opportunities, I think that's where the real value is. It used to be like his receiving upside and all these other things, but if he's going to be getting some touchdowns, uh, some reliable touchdown looks, as uh, in that backfield, I think that's where the real Najee value comes from now.
1: I completely agree. And that's, I mean, just because I've got it up here, it's interesting to me. Jalen Warren has more points than Najee Harris, right? Jalen Warren is, is RB 28 and Harris is RB 30. But I mean, Harris has two touchdowns and Warren has one. You know what I mean? Like you've got Harris with a hundred attempts to Warren's 56. You know, like it's just, it, it's the catching. It's the PPR that's really helping Warren with his 29 receptions to Najee's 15. So again, logically here, they're they're just splitting it a lot. You're just splitting it a lot. Um, but I like Najee. I think he's still going to be a viable option. He's a solid RB two. I had high hopes that he was going to be an RB one or the RB one that has not panned out. Uh, he has not turned in that good. His season last year getting hurt and everything did not help. And who knows if he's still healthy or not healthy yet. Um, and I think there, Matthew, again, I just, I like, i got to bring this up. I thought for sure I was getting it for this one. No, no, I'm a fan. I love Najee. I love Taysom. I think that's a fine pick. Uh, But then also Toronto, Dave in the chat, Najee is Mixon light. I kind of agree with that. I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, Mixon is kind of one of those guys too. that doesn't really get a ton of yards. He's kind of three yards in a cloud of dust eight times a game and maybe gets a couple passes here and there. He's not spectacular. You're not, you know, super excited about starting Mixon, but he's RB 19 overall in the season. And that's something, you know, Hey, there's a lot of running backs that you could, you could do worse with. So again, I don't hate it. Any other thoughts on this trade before we move on here? Dave?
2: No, I, yeah. I mean, I think we
1: covered yeah, it. Yeah, we covered it. I think it's pretty good. So let's see with this last one. We got the aforementioned Josh Dobbs in this one and DJ3. This one, again, a 14-team Superflex League. PK Trees sent Joshua Dobbs and Gerald Everett to at the best hooker for a 25-second. So again, Joshua Dobbs and a 14-team Superflex and Gerald Everett, and it is tight end premium if that makes a difference, for what was most likely or you know, two years out could be a later 25-second. What are your thoughts on this one, Dave?
2: I have the 25 second highlighted again just I'm I'm not a believer in Dobbs as as a as a starting quarterback uh now the 14 team does make a difference because that that you know the 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 12 team that 202 or you know the, the you know the 112 is a lot different than being at a mid second or whatever and especially in 2 years True. but if I have Josh Dobbs on my team the whole point I was having carrying a player like Dobbs was is that I either want to I need him as a emergency fill-in for my kyler or whatever he was supposed to be or he was supposed to uh, if he was going to get a starting job or a spot start i was going to be able to flip him for value so I, when that happens i'm not going to fall in love with him i'm going to i'm going to capitalize on that value and move on now that being said i i don't hate the other side the value here i think gerald Everett is always going to be an attractive player attached to to justin herbert the problem is he goes and 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 makes a really fun play last week and then he just disappears I I don't understand it. I don't know why he's not featured more, but I just, it's always, I'm always, I have a tear in my eye whenever I I see Gerald Everett stat lines.
1: (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, here's the funny part about this trade is that it's a lot of context, right? Context is always key. Uh, This is one of those where in a vacuum, like we said, uh, I would probably take the second. I think the second is the the easier piece, the easier value piece. It's not going to fall off. You're going to have it for a while. Um, But Kyle Hooker here at the best hooker in DJ three who is currently leading. And again, to pivot into that, he is the number one team in the league with 15 victory points. He is just dominating the season, but his QB room is bleak. He's got Baker Mayfield, Joshua Dobbs now, and Desmond Ritter are his QBs. Like in Ellinger and Miller, like, he's, he's got nobody. So this move makes total sense for him. Uh, he also had Nick Chubb who got hurt. He's got Justin Jefferson who got hurt, who is likely coming back. So he's got a team that is kind of like, I need to make that push. And I think that the Dobbs and Hillside, if you're already winning your number one through nine weeks, I think this trade makes sense to be like, let me send that pick. Let me, I'll, I'll figure out that 2025 20, second later. I need a QB that I can actually lean on. Dobbs, I don't think is going to lose that job to anybody barring injury. Uh, and even in a league like there's a 14 team league, QBs are really hard to come by sometimes. So context matters here. I will say, I think, in in this case, I totally see why Kyle made this trade. I think it makes total sense for his team. But in a vacuum and generally in broad strokes and all this, I would rather have the pick. I'm kind of with you. But again, I think context is always key. I always ask for it, and I think that that is very important. And just so that we're clear, the reason that he is he's undefeated is because of the rest of his team. Not only does he have Jefferson, as I mentioned, he's got Jamar Chase, too. So he's got, like, top two receivers in Dynasty. That's huge. And then at running back, you're going to love this. He's got Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, Tony Pollard Joe Mixon and Alvin Kamara like he's just stacked at everywhere else uh tight end he's a little light which again I think Taysom is going to be his top tight end he had Gerald Everett or sorry Taysom is his top tight end. I read that backwards Gerald Everett could be his top tight end Taysom is his current quarterback or tight end geez but he's got a lot of other players here that could could help him down the stretch it's just quarterback was a weak spot tight end was a little weak so I like him addressing both of these with these trades so good job Kyle hopefully that trade pans out or hopefully not because we're right behind you and I'm really hoping that I can get this figured out.
2: Um, I, I will, know go ahead, Dave. I will quickly add, I actually like that knowing a little more context that this team's so good. You get that 25 second, maybe it takes a step back and that and then becomes a mid second things go as doesn't go as way here instead of, you know, I don't hate that pushing that back a year and just trying to, you know, throw that and get a little bit of randomness in there and try to have that go up instead of just being a, an automatic late second this year.
1: Yep. Yep. No, I like it. And again, he is uh, Matthew's mentioning here in the in the chat where it's like, you forgot you traded me Mayfield. No, I, I remember that. I thought we talked about that already that it was Mayfield Hubbard and a third for Jacoby Myers and Trey McBride, which I was happy as hell to get Trey McBride in that. one. I love that trade for me. So again, Matthew, we can always disagree. I always say to this, to, to anybody who's listening to anybody who I'm in a league with disagreeing on trades is ideal. If we all agreed, this would be the most boring sport ever. So when somebody says, oh, that's a terrible trade, you can just look at them and go, we'd make great trade partners. Like, we don't have to agree, buddy. We can both get what we want. It's all about fun. the only thing I don't like when I see is when people start trashing people for a trade, or it's like, oh, man, you don't know what you're doing, or you're terrible at this. That's not accurate. Trades are almost always agreed upon between two individuals. That's all it needs to be. That doesn't mean anybody's good or bad. There's always going to be somebody out there that has a different opinion, myself included. I will have my opinion. I will tell you my opinion. But that doesn't mean you're a bad person because I disagree with your trade. That's the idea. We're all in this to have fun and however you have fun, as long as it's a reasonable trade, right? We're not doing like, you know, Justin Jefferson, for Nico Collins or anything crazy. Like that's just that's not the same thing. But in general, if you're having a trade and you're having fun, that's how we care.
2: So and you gotta make trades to win here. And you're yes. if you're going to be an active trader, if you're gonna be trying to add value to the team, you're gonna miss a few. You have to shake it off and go get some more. Like yep. you're and you're gonna to have to take risks. So if you're gonna be doing that, it's all you're gonna miss risk. a few. So I well said, I just want to pair it on there a little bit at the end.
1: Yep, I love it. So here's the other updates for these leagues. So DJ one again, this is the
2: team that Rocky and I share.
1: We are 12 and 3. Uh, Funky Bunch is in the lead at 13-2, and so we're one game out on that one. I know Scott's doing well in that league, too. I don't have it in the sheet here, but I'm sure I can pull that up. But, again, DJ1 is the the oldest of the leagues and has been going the longest uh, with some of the best in the business in that one. So, again, appreciate you guys sticking around, of course, and hanging out with that team. Uh, We have – let me just double-check because I think he was up there. Uh, No, Portfolio Dynasty, still 1-14, and still end of the thing. So he is not doing well, but Scott is definitely rebuilding in that league, which makes total sense. Uh, DJ Two, Rocky and Scott are paired up on that one. They're three and six, I'm five and four, and we still have Andrew Ember in the lead at eight and one, eight, and one in first place, like just dominating. So we're all kind of in the middle while he's, uh, just rocketing up the, the leaderboard in the standings. Terrific work on that one, Andrew, as always. And hopefully we see that come down and we can get helpful. DJ three is the team that all three of us are managing together with chaos in mind. Uh, We're six and three and tied for third with 13 victory points. And as I mentioned, the best hooker, Kyle, is it's funny. The best hooker is Kyle, but the best hooker is in the lead with 15 victory points. So, again, still working it out, still in the middle and still in the hunt. And I love it. Anything else you want to talk about there, Dave, before we move on to our last segment of the night with Find Me a Trade?
2: I'm excited for this last segment. This is always
1: one of my favorite segments here. I'm very excited as well, and I'm glad you're here, because I think this is, this is again, one of my favorites in general. But again, I think you're going to do great at this. So before we do that, we got to start with this. Find me a
2: trade!
1: Thank you, Brian. That's exactly right. We're going to find a trade. And this one is for a guest of the show, uh, someone who was on a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago, even maybe now. But Casey Kasem, at the real, K- or at the Casey Kasem, I want to make sure I get that right, uh, who obviously has a terrific podcast, uh, who you should definitely go listen to. Uh, Casey is one of my favorite people in this industry I hung out with her at the expo her and her uh, her wife and her dad like terrific people love them to death uh, this is a trade addicts league which is why I had to do it a show when Rocky wasn't on because he's in every trade addicts league uh, so this one is a trade x7 the team is sicker than your average which I think is a, a CD like an album name isn't it sicker than your average I feel like that's something I've heard of
2: probably she she's uh, big in the hip hop so I'm not I wouldn't be surprised. I'm Googling it because I should have done it before. Terrible
1: planning, but uh, <clears throat> it just feels like an, a- yeah, it is definitely, it is a notorious BIG album. Should I yeah. Um, or at least a, a, a lyric from Hypnotize should be clear. But anyway, thank you, Casey, for submitting this one. It is a 12 team Superflex PPR with a full point tight end premium, as you probably know if you listen to Trade Addicts on the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I uh, start 10, 1 QB running back, receiver, tight end. Five flex and that super flex, where you can start your second quarterback if you want to. Uh, Casey's thoughts on her team here is that uh, she's rebuilding. I've been rebuilding since we started the league. I was in a few casual dynasty leagues before joining a trade addicts league. Did not know what I was doing in the startup. And that makes total sense to a lot of people. Anytime you're in these, man, I'm telling you what. Uh, <laughs> answer my question or driving to Providence on Google Space Man Away. Sorry to interrupt. Andrew Cooper in the chat. We'll get you in a second, Coop. I promise. Uh, But again, Casey, she's feeling like she's gotten pleased. She's been rebuilding, uh, made a few scary trades, knows most of the roster is crap, just looking for some help. She's actually got an offer in her inbox, which we're going to start out with for Find Me a Trade. And this is an interesting one. I I know my side, but I'll give it to you first, Dave. She's got a trade where she would give up Derek Carr and get Daniel Jones in return. What do you think about that on a rebuilding team?
2: I understand the thought. The thought process is is that your, your training card and your hope that Daniel Jones comes back healthy and he's going to return to form, unfortunately, and you're going to gain value through that. Um, unfortunately, I am not a Daniel Jones player. I, I've never been a Daniel Jones guy, and, and I am worried about him moving forward, especially as part of that, that team. As they really protected him last year, I'm, I, I'm not sure that they can just keep functioning. The NFL is just protecting their quarterback and see him produce at the level he did.
1: I am with you 100. Yeah, I'd rather have Derek Carr than Daniel Jones at this point. I just feel like that team overcommitted to that pot, and then we see Daniel Jones get hurt, and that team is just kind of in chaos. Like, I'm I'm not a fan. So I don't I don't think I would give up Carr for Daniel Jones. And it's funny too because that is a trade that Russ Fisher is trying to send to Casey uh, Russ, the trade addict himself. And uh, yeah, that's that could be interesting. So I did not come up with a trade for Russ's team. I'll kind of get into uh, Casey's team here real quick. Let me just share this for just a second. Hopefully you're enjoying your time listening to this wherever you are in the world. Hopefully you're enjoying your day and having a good time and feeling great about life.
2: You know, I'm loving the chat tonight and I will say too, I'm having a blast. I hope everyone else is, I'm having a blast. This is is a great time.
1: That's right. That's right. And it always takes me a second. My computer is a, a little slow when it comes to sharing the screen. And for some reason, it just doesn't like... When I do that. So I appreciate the the vamping there. That was well done, Dave. So here we go. We've got Casey's team up here. So again, we said Derek Carr. She's got after that it gets kind of bleak. Jordan Love, Desmond Ritter, Marcus Mariota, maybe some value if Jalen Hurts goes down, but QB's looking a little bleak there, Casey, as you know. Uh she's got Craig Reynolds, Imari Di Mercado, Jamal Williams, and Deuce Vaughn at running back, and that's it. Uh, receivers: Romeo Dubs, uh, Darnell Mooney, Khalif Raymond, Dontavian Wicks, who had some no, uh, some some looks. Noah Brown, who's kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, Jamison Crowder, who's had a couple of good weeks, but again, just a lot of a lot of bottom of the barrel guys there. Casey, hate to say it. At tight end, we got Jordan Akins, Jake Ferguson, Dalton Schultz. So there's some love at tight end with Ferguson and Schultz. Uh, Akins isn't terrible. I don't love starting him, but I've done that in a couple leagues. I'm Just not happy about it. Injured reserve, you got Nick Mullins and Chris Brooks. And then on taxi, Aiden O'Connell, uh, Calvin Austin, Cavante Turpin. I know she's a Cowboys fan, too, so I don't think she's going to get rid of any of these Cowboys uh, like Deuce Vaughn, you know, Jake Ferguson and even Kevonte. Uh, But again, that's that's the team. And I got to be honest, it's not that great. It is sicker than your average. I will say that it is it is a a down team. But Casey, I got a feeling we can get you out of this. We're going to figure out some options here. It's going to be a long rebuild, but we'll get you there. Uh, Dave, what was your trade? We'll get to yours first and then we'll get to mine.
2: Well, I, I'll, I I was kind of told you off air. I'm going to go a little bit more big picture yeah. first here. And I think this is a daunting situation that some, you know, if you're taking over an orphan, you'll see this or, you know, I, I've messed up. Uh, I wasn't really prepared for an auction draft and I have a, a team that's just really struggling. Yes. And I need to actually invest a little more time and effort into that league. <clears> and I have done it. It's a little daunting when you look there and you just don't have the pieces that you want to make to be able to start and and jumpstart that rebuild. And so when that happens and you feel like, what do I do? I don't feel like I'm ever going to be a competitive team again. You need to take a step back, take a breath here and look at at just one step at a time. And what you need, and in my opinion, when you're, when you need to really, really gain a lot of value on a squad, when there doesn't feel like there's a lot, is you just have to get really micro moves, try to tear and want something that people, anything that people value, take that and try to give yourself two darts so turn one one dart into two darts so you can just get more and more opportunities to try to build up value over on yep. your overall squad what that means is you're going to have players that you like you're going to have the fergusons you're going to have the the schultz you know the players that you have emotional attachments to from your from your fandom or the dobbs who was a fourth round pick and who's now performing like a second round pick let's say uh you're going to have or those types of players and you just need to be cutthroat and you need to just i need to get more value on my team and i think that's how you have to, to go about it it is you, and what you know sometimes it doesn't feel like it. i'm like oh i want to get a young exciting player no it doesn't necessarily have to mean you have to get a young exciting player that means is you have to get more pieces add value because you have a lot of just roster fillers unfortunately here so that's kind of how i'm approaching it and it's doable i've seen some really good managers do those kind of rebuilds and i'm and i actually have a ton of respect that is some of the hardest things to do in dynasty is, is to really Turn a squat, squad around here. So, Casey, you stick with, keep listening to Dice Junkies, and you know, reach out to people and make those kind of deals. And it, it can happen. It really can. It, it's hard to do though. I would say the
1: same thing. And, and again, my trade is is specifically to your point. Even is exactly what you just said. Where I'm, I'm going to trade away one of the assets that might be valuable to try to get multiple assets potentially on the rise. That's what I'm looking for. Is to me somebody with upside. There is no downside. Honestly, like at this point where your team is, these are my favorite teams where there is no risk. It's all reward because guess what? If you make a bad trade, your team stunk before. It stinks now. It doesn't change anything, right? Like you have no possible negative that can come from this other than a bad trade being just on its face bad, right? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying you can make moves and be risky and play the players that you think are going to be good later. So my trade was with Dougie's daycare, which is with the DHH, Doug, who is terrific. I mean, I'm I big fan of, or sorry, Tyler and Doug, but like DHH guys, I've been a fan of theirs for a long time. And so this trade is with their team, which is going to be to send Dalton Schultz. In return, you'll get Antonio Gibson, Jaleel McLaughlin, and Demario Douglas. And the logic here is you only have to start one running back in this league, but I want running backs that might be able to spike and turn into more darts, to your point, Dave. I want a running back like Jaleel who might have a good week, and I could get two darts for him in two weeks right before the trade deadline. And trade addicts, obviously, you're you're in a league with a lot of people that tend to trade. You should have a pretty active user base here. And then again, like Demario Douglas, somebody who I think could show up and blow up and maybe be worth something, but is just on the cusp of that, that hockey stick kind of alignment. So those are the kind of players I'm looking for. And that's, again, just exactly to your point. Break up these assets. As much as it may not look like you can, I would do more as much as I can. Just break everything up. Get picks, get youth, get something and try to go for that upside. I think that's the only way you're going to get out of this. It it might be a long rebuild. It's been a long one already, but I don't think there's anything negative with that. If you're having fun, it's a rust league. It's a lot of good people in this league when I was looking at some of the names. So this could be one of those like just perpetual rebuilds that you just pay the entry fee to hang out and have fun with your friends. Right. I've got a couple of leagues like that where it just I can't seem to get it together doesn't matter. It's a great time. It's good trade talks. It's good keeping up with people. And anytime you can hang out and have fun and watch football and put some heart into it and distract from the reality of real life, you're having fun anyway. So Casey, I love it. I think this, this is a fun team. If you ever need any help, send me a DM. I'll be glad to help anytime you need this. Uh, anything else you want to mention on her team here though, Dave, and get more specific, even maybe about her trade. So uh,
2: another trade I would be looking for is one of your tight ends, either. He, she also has Ferguson. Uh, so Ferguson or Schultz and going to Wheeler. Who has Wallers out and what Wheelers is kind of on the Mm. fence? They're five and four. They've lost two straights. They might, you know, they're on the fence here. But you know, this is when I was like, hey, look, give me Traylon Burks, and I want another piece of valuable. Like, can I have another, I want another draft pick? Doesn't I like I'll take even a third? Because what happening is what's happening is is that her tight ends are scoring points on her squad, and you almost don't want that right now because exactly with this with this squad, it feels like it should be the Luckily, Peter Howard's in the league, so she's not in last place. But uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love you, Peter. Knows how. I'm a Subtle? huge Peter Howard fan. But, uh, but I love Peter. I know he's so good. Uh, he's a data guy like you. I know. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah, I owe I owe a ton to Peter. So that being is like I just it's they're hurting. Like it, it almost feels like I might you have to move them and almost lose a little bit of value here. But uh, moving for Traylon Burks, and I also I don't really like targeting a Traylon Burks type player. Because he's already failed now for two years in a row here, but you think, hey, maybe with what you were talking about earlier with, uh, I'm blanking on the quarterback now, the young quarterback coming in for the, the Mayo eater. I can't believe I can't believe I can't remember his name now. Went to Kentucky, the, quarterback the, Levis. Levis. Levis, there we go. Yeah, Levis is coming in. He's uh, Burks is getting a little healthier, so you Chalen Burks and another piece here, and you try to make a move like that. Uh, you know. On, Dubs is another player I'd, I'd look to move. Aiden O'Connell. Yeah. This is a, like these are fourteen team leagues, right? So Aiden cool, O'Connell, I mean, people yeah, are on yeah, yeah. people are on bye weeks. Maybe I can turn that into a sec, a late, a, a twenty five second or something like that. That's kind of the types of moves I'm trying to make and move. Um, you have some moves to make. You have some players. You can make some moves here. Uh, and honestly, I'd be trying to trade. I. I think Russ is right. You do want to be trading Derek Carr. I just wouldn't be trading with Ru- with that move with Russ. Drew Locke is a player. I'm, I mean, uh, uh, Andrew, or not Andrew Love. Jordan Love is on that squad. It does, uh, those are all players I'd be happy to be moving right now to try to gain more darts.
1: I completely agree. And I think that's a fine trade too. Even I would try to get a little bit more from Russ. I know sometimes with Russ, I've, I'm in Trade Addicts 1. I've tried to make some trades with him. Sometimes he and I are on just different wavelengths entirely. It can be like getting a blood from a turnip and all that. Or Mayo from coffee, as you said, Dave. That's exactly right. The Mayo eater uh, will love us. So I think there is some there is some value in Carr, and I think if if he really wants to make that trade, you might be able to get another piece. Um, just for the record, I mean, Russ's quarterbacks are the newly minted Ram Carson Wentz, uh, Matt Stafford, and Daniel Jones. So he's he's definitely struggling. He needs some help at quarterback there. But I'm wondering if you might be able to get something like a Clyde edwards alaire on top of of Daniel Jones, one of those guys that's like you know, maybe nothing, but might be something. And, you know, maybe injuries happen. I would be looking at running back because I feel like they have the biggest path of relevancy or the quickest path to relevancy. And in in a rebuild, I tend to look at this, like, I don't need running backs, but I need little running backs to become medium running backs and then trade them for more little ones and just kind of incrementally grow your value. You know, it's going to take a lot of effort. You're probably going to have to make a lot of trades to get yourself out of this, but you can do it. I know you can do it. Casey, you're very talented, very smart. And I'm sure that there are people in this league that would be glad to talk trades with you. That's the fun part. I, while
2: mm-hmm. you were just saying that with, you know, Russ obviously wants cars. So like, I don't, maybe you don't want to do Daniel Jones, but all right. Casey's in a situation where everyone's like, Oh, if you try a quarterback, you want to try to get a quarterback in return. That actually can get difficult to do, especially when you don't necessarily need a quarterback because you're just trying to acquire value. Why not try to pivot Zach Charbonnet plus something like that, like, yeah. like that kind of move, uh, and, and build from there, uh, and just to try to mix things up just a little bit here, add on to that instead of just you don't get stuck in I don't I don't necessarily need a quarterback, even though that people often think that when they're, they're dealing one away.
1: No, that's a good point, too. I think there's a lot of good options there for you, Casey. Hopefully you can get some value out of that. Uh, before we go, we obviously have got to answer Coop's question. I, I feel bad not answering it before. Uh, Andrew Cooper in the chat asked, would you boys rather have fields or Kyler in redraft and then in Dino?" I'll go first. I'd rather have Fields in redraft, but Kyler in Dino. And by that, I mean, I'm not sure if Kyler is going to be, like I just said before, I don't know if Kyler is going to be allowed to kind of unleash. I don't know if that offense is really going to do a lot this year, but I think long-term, Kyler has a longer leash than Fields, unfortunately. I think there is some talk maybe in the, in Chicago that Kyler might not be there after this year, or they might trade him or something. I, that, that question mark, that that makes me nervous, it just makes me uncertain. So I'd rather have Fields and. redraft, Redraft just because his rushing and all that. I think he is a little dinged up, but he probably could have played tonight. But all that said, I, I'd rather have Fields and Redraft and Kyler and Dino. Dave, what do you think? Am I way off there?
2: I I think that I don't, I would just say that Kyler actually has some loose footing in Arizona as well, but I think he's definitely Fair. solidified as a, as a quarterback moving forward as a starting quarterback moving forward. Um, I, I think I would still, I'm just a Kyler guy. I'll ride Kyler forever. I think Justin Fields Justin fields and Kyler is really interesting in redraft uh I know Kyler's starting this week so I'm gonna and obviously fields isn't so but I'll take the the Kyler points and and move from from there and and I will say, the reason why I didn't answer when I did see in the trailer is that I'd happily get a wedgie just to hang out with Cooper one more time. You know, I, that's what I was going to
1: say too. like, man, you're telling me you can get a coop wedgie. I want that anyway. Maybe we shouldn't have answered it. Damn.
2: That's you're right. We, we misplayed that. That's that's okay. Top to golf soon. Uh, Coop we'll go up to the, the, uh, the new Cranston top golf. We'll, we'll have a good time.
1: Oh, I love top golf. That's such a fun time. Even if I'm not good at golf, it doesn't matter. I just have fun, you know, smacking the ball into nowhere, and just who cares? I don't have to go get it. It's my favorite. Uh, with that, I think we're going to kind of get it out of here tonight. I think we've had a pretty good night. Uh, I do think Toronto Dave mentioned this. I want to. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. Analyzing is made much easier with SpaceMan's database. I have utilized your database a couple of times. I, I probably don't use it enough. But just so that others maybe who aren't familiar with your database, why don't you talk about that a little bit and then kind of tell wherever else you're doing stuff this year?
2: Yeah, so I I have I do some offseason stuff at DLF. I I would love to be doing more there. I just don't have the time. But I have a and I'm I'm kind of just guessing on pods right now. One day I will get the Tale of Two Rivals backing up my my co-host Todd Foster FF underscore Bannerman. But I have a Patreon that everything's mostly free that you can, if you just want to go to space or FF space fans, Patreon, you'll see everything there is mostly free. There are some behind the scenes thing here, but I might, I have three major things. I have an NFL database that has a ton of, that has a ton of every stat you could possibly imagine. It's all in one spot. It's sorted by, it has by weekly, by season and I can sort individual weeks and and give you the, the, averages for those weeks here. And that that's free. And that's updated before most major sites are updated I, I, it's out. it's ready and updated at six thirty every morning after game day and before before I go to bed, all uh, other advanced metrics um, are always there. Then you're gonna also get the um over two, 2,200 college prospects dating back to to two thousand uh, every stat you could possibly imagine there as well and that's also free. so go check those out and if you like it, you might be more interested in some more premium stuff here, but honestly, it's a dollar to get the premium or two dollars get the premium stuff. That's not what it's about. Honestly, just I want to get people to have a chance to get all stats in one spot. So check it out, and 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 that's it's that's basically if you want some stats and you want them quick, go check out the databases.
1: I should sign up for that. I keep meaning to and I keep forgetting. Not so the, I'm glad you mentioned it here for everybody else, but it's also free. for myself. So. It's such a good utility. It's it, but it's so easy to use. Again, it's been a while, but I appreciate that. Uh, I love what you do. I know the numbers are always the the thing that I get stuck on the most, I feel like, because I'm more of a conversational and narrative-driven person, Uh, but the numbers tell a story too. And I think it's very vital to be able to find those numbers and tell that story in a different way and maybe even to back up the story you're telling or to say, hey, whoa, these numbers don't support that theory. So I I love what you guys do. I know you and Peter, obviously, two of the best out there in the business doing that. A lot of people do numbers, but you guys do it great. And I really appreciate you coming on. Um, with that, we're going to get out of here. You can find me at Andrew Hall FF. You can follow the, the podcast at Dynasty Junkies. Uh, we will be here next week during the Bengals Ravens game. I'm hoping Rocky can be the A chair so I can watch my team a little bit more. Uh, but we will be here next week with the one and only Hoov uh, from the IBT team and, and other teams. I'm sure he's doing a bunch of stuff, but I'm very excited to chat it up with Hoov next week. Uh, we will be off for Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving, and it just makes sense. There's not a lot of people listening. Uh, we are looking for more FMATs. So if you've got a, a league where you need some help or you're not sure what to do with your trades, or you're like, hey, I don't really know what to do in this league. They're not very active. Submit that. Find me a trade. You can find it in our link tree, which is the pin tweet in our bio. Uh, you can also DM me for any of that stuff. You can DM the show handle for any of that. We can send you the link directly if you can't figure it out. Uh, but we want to help your team. We want to help everybody get better at Dynasty, whether you're You know, first year, third year, 80th year, you know, whatever it happens to be. We want to make sure that you're winning them titles. So uh, with that, before we get out of here, I'd be remiss if I didn't say thank you to the chat. You're correct here, Dave. We had a great group tonight. Matthew Wiggins, of course, Toronto Dave. Uh, We had uh, Aaron St. Dennis was in there. I know Cooper, of course, was in there. I love you, Coop. Uh, We had somebody I'm forgetting from, oh, Dynasty Coach A was in there from earlier. Uh, So yeah, great group of guys here. And obviously, Zach with that early comment, too. So thanks so much, guys, for tuning in. Uh, Be ready for us next week. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep hanging out and having fun and uh, finding some trades. But with that, we'll just cancel it and call it. Junkies out.